Amen. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 17. Last week we did a, uh, just we looked at the book of Habakkuk and a, a prayer. He prays at the end in chapter 3. Uh, it's, a, it's a great prayer and it's a difficult prayer because Israel is being invaded by the Babylonians. He sees the destruction and he's wrestling with God's justice and how God is bringing justice and uh, it doesn't make sense to him. Um, and it seems that God's not answering his prayer, um, but he really has a breakthrough. I think he has an encounter with God there. He sees who God is, uh, his holiness, and he says, you know what, even though some of the things aren't going to be answered in my lifetime or the way that I want them to, I know that God is going to allow me to look victoriously and to rise above the challenges, the mountains in my path. The, the key message there is that the righteous will live by God's faithfulness. So whether in good times or difficult times, God's faithfulness does not change and he will sustain us and carry us. And so this was the week of prayer. We've been putting uh, notices out. It was kind of a terrible week for prayer, just for gathering and stuff like that. Um, But uh, today kind of wraps that up. But this message kind of ties in with prayer as well. And and so it's going to look at, I've entitled the message, God Almighty, but if I use the term El Shaddai, does that mean anything to anybody? How many have heard that term, El Shaddai? All right, you've heard it, all right. Now, Victor, I don't know if Victor's watching this morning or if he will watch this down in Costa Rica, but uh, that was his email, was El Shaddai at Hotmail or something like that. And and so I know that was a powerful um, name of God for, for Victor. And so we're going to dive into what, when God revealed himself as El Shaddai, what did, what did that communicate? What does that mean? So as we look at chapter 17, uh, Genesis includes a lot of the history of Abraham. So in chapter 12, God calls Abraham to leave his homeland. And he, he, he's really from the area of the Babylonians. And then they go up to Haran, which would be like modern-day Turkey. And then they would, God would call him from there to go to what is now modern-day Israel. He would leave his people. He would take his wife and his nephew Lot. So in chapter 13, uh, Abraham and Lot, their, their, their herds were getting too big and there wasn't enough space for them to, to feed their livestock and things. And so they separate and go different ways. Abraham says, hey, you take... Um, you choose, and so he takes the Sodom and Gomorrah area, which was very green and lush before God brought judgment on it. Now it's the Dead Sea is there, and it's sulfur and stuff like that. So um, Lot goes down there. Abraham stays to the hill country. Um, so they separate ways. And then um, chapter 15, God reaffirms his covenant to Abraham to make him into a great nation. Chapter 16, um, you know, 10, 12 years had passed and God hadn't answered his promise to make him into a great nation or even to give him a son, right? And that was kind of a key part is if God was going to make them into a great nation, they had to have some offspring. And, and uh, Sarah wasn't able to conceive. And so they, they devise a plan that Abraham would take Sarah's handmaid, her servant, Hagar, and they tried having a child through Hagar, um, she got pregnant, that's where you have Ishmael come into the scene, and, and then Hagar developed an attitude that was hostile to Sarah. It was not a good thing, right? And, and more importantly, it wasn't part of God's plan. And then in chapter 17, is, um, 
is where we see God reaffirm his promise once again. And he then is going to give his promise of how he's going to fulfill the promise that he had given earlier. So that's where I want us to jump in. So let's pray and then we'll dive in together. Father, we thank you for your word and I pray that you would uh, just open up our hearts uh, to receive from you this morning. We give you the thanks and the praise. We ask it in your name. Amen. So I need some amens this morning, all right? Um, you guys are doing really well. So um, let's look at verse 1. It says, when Abraham was 99 years old, say 99. Yeah, 99. If we all make it to 99, we're doing good, right? And the Lord appeared to him again and says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, faithful me. So the God Almighty is in the Hebrew, El Shaddai. All right? God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. This is the first time that that term El Shaddai is used is in 17.1. Verse 2, Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. El, Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is the covenant with you. You will be a father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham, Abram, which means exalted father. Your name will be called Abraham father of nations, for I've made you a father of many nations. I'll make you very fruitful and I'll make nations of you. Kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants. And after you, you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Verse 8, the whole land of Cain where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give to you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants and after you, and I will be their God. And so the first thing we learn about El Shaddai, so we're going to go, we've got three principles here that I want us to look at. First of all, El Shaddai is limitless in his mighty power. He is limitless in his mighty power. What do I mean that by that? Well, as human beings, we can make promises. You ever made a promise? Yeah, I think we all have, right? As a parent... That's where I'm thinking, um, I want to illustrate, just as a parent, often we, we make that promise, I'm going to watch over you, I'm going to protect you, I'm not going to allow anything bad to happen to you. And I, every good parent wants to do that to the best of their ability. But I know very well that as a parent of three sons, there was times that I wasn't there to protect them from getting a bump or a bruise, right? There was times that I wasn't able to protect their eyes and their ears from things that they saw and they heard, whether at school or other places, right? And so, to the best of my ability, I tried to keep my promise, but my power and my ability is not limitless like God's. When God says He's going to keep His promise and He makes a promise, He has the power, the unlimited power, that is limitless to make that happen. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you keep on reading, God says, I'm going to make you into a great nation. So that was, how's that going to happen? Sarah's going to somehow have to have a son. And so when Abraham is 99 and she is what, 90, I think? God says, okay, now I'm going to give you a son. And God fulfilled it. They would have Isaac. And when Sarah hears about it, she what? She laughs. If you keep reading on, she laughs. Why? Because she goes, now that in my old age, when I can no longer, I'm past the years of childbearing, God's going to give me a son. And she laughs. And so Isaac means laughter. That's what his name means. So when 
the promise could no longer be humanly fulfilled, God says, I am going to honor the promise that I made to you so that everybody will know it's not by human might that you are a father of many nations. It's because of my unlimited power. I am the mighty God, the almighty God that is able to do all things. God fulfills every promise by means of his sovereign might. So I got this from one of my uh, commentaries in preparation. God fulfills every promise by means of his sovereign might. And I think that's important as we enter a new year and as we come before him in prayer, that often sometimes the promises of God seem out of our reach. And sometimes we don't even want to pray them because it's so far beyond us, right? And so it limits our prayers And we have to remember that if God has spoken into our heart, He is the Almighty God, right? He is able to bring that to pass. His power is not limited. Anything is humanly possible through God's power, His Almighty power. So don't limit your prayers, don't limit your dreams to what is humanly possible. Rather, trust God, follow His heart, and trust His Almighty power to answer your prayers and fulfill His promises to you. Amen? Amen. Um, and you know what? To grow in that and to grow in faith is just part of being human. Abraham had to grow, get to that place. Right? If you read the story of Abraham, twice he lied about his wife saying, oh, she's my sister. And before she slept with anybody, God would kind of you know, make things happen. And, um, why? Because he didn't trust God's protection. Right? And then finally God gives him the son. Then they have you know, the Hagar and Ishmael thing. And finally God says, I'm going to give you a son. And then God says, what? When the child is Miles or Gabriel's age, God says, I want you to take him up to a mountain and sacrifice him before me. And Abraham had to trust God all over again to the greatest limit. Right? And God provided the ram in the thicket, provided for him, and God says, I know that I can trust you and that you trust me with your whole, whole heart. God is the Almighty God. And Abraham had to grow in his faith, and he was able to witness that firsthand. Second of all, we see that El Shaddai is the source of our blessings. So verse 6 says, I will make you very fruitful. Okay, that doesn't mean you're going to grow apples and peaches and oranges off your arms. It means that you're going to be productive and that God is going to bless. So it probably meant that they were going to have children, okay, and descendants, that their crops would be good, that their livestock would reproduce and have plenty, all right? That's what it meant to be fruitful. And I will make nations from you. Kings will come from you. Has that all been fulfilled? Yes, it is. Just look at the Israelite people, how they are scattered all over the world, And are like the stars in the sky and the sand on the shore. God kept his word. And what God is saying here is that he is the source of our blessings. He was going to make Abraham exceedingly fruitful. That's what it says literally. Offspring, herds, favor. You know, Abraham, we don't know what he went there with. I think he had some wealth when he went to Israel. Um, But he became very wealthy in influence and power and all that he had 
because God blessed him. And then that Isaac was, I mean, that blessing was carried down to Isaac and then to Jacob. So Isaac would be born and then Isaac would give birth to Jacob. Um, if you go to chapter 28, 1 through 4, and Chris will have that up there. So Isaac called Jacob and blessed him. And this is, happens right after Jacob deceives his father into getting the blessing. Okay, the birthright blessing. He tricks his father. Esau was the firstborn. They were twins. Um, but he tricks his father. Puts on the, the, the goat fur on his arms, goes out and kills an animal, fixes it the way his brother would. Tricks his father, who was blind um, and couldn't see. And so he decides he's going to go back to where his mom was from to escape the wrath of his brother that he tricked out of the blessing, right? He's going to flee for his own life. And so he's brought before his father, Isaac. He commanded him, do not marry Canaanite women. I want you to go back to Padma Ram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty, may El Shaddai bless you. And make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham and so that you you may take the possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner the Lord God gave to Abraham. So there again, that El Shaddai is being connected that I'm going to increase what you have and make you fruitful. So Jacob would go to Padamaran. He would find the relatives his uncle Laban, and he goes there with basically nothing. What we gather is he probably goes with what he can carry, maybe some food and some things like that, but he really goes there with nothing. He works seven years for his first wife. He thought it was going to be Rachel and it was Leah, right? Gets to the wedding night, wakes up in the morning and realizes he doesn't have Rachel, he has Leah. Um, He got some of his own medicine, Jacob did, right? He was that deceiver. And then he works another seven years for Rachel. Um, But in the process, he he has nothing. But he begins working for his uncle. And he begins to get some of his own livestock. and, And God blessed him. And even though Laban tried to deceive him and change Jacob's wages, God would still bless him and bless him. And finally, when Jacob leaves, 35 years later, he leaves... He leaves with the wealth, much of Laban's wealth. And he comes, he has wives, he has livestock, he has children, and he comes back um, to face his brother Esau, but also then to take that promised land and to live there where he grew up 30 years later. Chapter 35 is when Jacob is coming back and he already has wrestled with God. It's a very powerful moment. But verse chapter 35, 11 through 13, it's, it's an important, important moment where God reaffirms his covenant to Jacob that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and now to Jacob. And God said in verse 11, I am the Almighty God. I'm El Shaddai. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and community of nations will come from you and kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to you, to Abraham and Isaac, I give to you, and I'll give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at that place where they had talked. God is the source of all of our blessings. He's given you health. 
He's given you the ability to work. Um, So whether it's health, income, productivity, prosperity, God is the source of our blessings. He's El Shaddai. He's the God of all plenty who is able to provide for your every need and better yet to even bless us beyond measure, even during difficult times. I've shared this probably multiple times, but I think the most difficult time for us financially as a married couple um, we, we've had some. I mean, when we started off with ministry, I still remember what we got paid on a weekly basis. We had this tiny parsonage, an even tinier yard that we had that we raised our three boys in, and at least that they were born there. But God blessed us. Uh, but then we went to Springfield, and uh, that was even more so challenging, just going to school full-time on my master's degree. Amy was working at a Christian school, which, and then I started working at Global University, But it was a very challenging time financially, Um, a very stressful time. I can't say that I handled it the best, all right? But you know what? When we left there, God not only took care of my school debt, um, he gave us money for a down payment on a house to move here. We had money in the bank. Um, God was faithful. He blessed us beyond what was humanly possible as we trusted him. That was his blessing, not ours. We worked hard, we did our best, but God went above and beyond. Amen? I think when we honor him, he is the God of all plenty. He is the source of our blessing. He is God Almighty, El Shaddai. Number three. Number three. We only got three points today, not five like last week. El Shaddai is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. So in chapter 17 says that um, verses 1 through 3, Almighty God appears to him in verse 1, walk before me faithfully, be blameless, then I'll make you a covenant between me and you. Verse 3, and Abraham did what? He fell face down. He just didn't like trip and fall. But it, it was a position of worship before God, of falling prostrate, maybe bowing down, face down before the Lord. Um, it was an act of worship, all right, in respect to God. On Christmas Eve, we talked about the glory of God, right? And this would be an example of that where Abraham realizes he's in the presence of Almighty God, which causes, the, he senses God's glory, he senses that he's in the presence of God Almighty. And he falls face down to the ground. He senses the weight of God's glory, and he senses God's honor. We see the same thing happen in the life of Jacob, a similar thing. So after in that verse 35, chapter 35, after God Almighty El Shaddai appears to Jacob, reaffirms that Abraham's blessing will continue through him, Abraham builds an altar to God and worshiped him. That's found in verses 14 and 15. Jacob went up, uh, made a stone pillar at that place where God had talked with him and poured out a drink offering on it. He poured out oil on it and Jacob called the place where God was at Bethel, all right, Bethel, which means house of God. Um, it became, Bethel would become a significant place in the life of, of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. Almighty God was providing for their needs and they worshipped him. Abraham's worship didn't involve words, rather it involved a posture that recognized that he was in their presence of Almighty God. I'm going to have my wife come. 
Um, I'm going to have you all stand up this morning. God is El Shaddai, the God Almighty. Um, that is, in His name, El Shaddai, God reveals that He is limitless in His mighty power. He is the source of our blessings and He's worthy of our worship. And we can hear a message like this and think, oh, you know, that's, that's a nice thought. But I think when we begin to live it out in our own lives and we walk with God and we get to those times where the promise of, a God, of God seems a little bit like it's out of reach. Like Abraham and Sarah saying, God, I know you made the promise, but I'm 99 and, and Sarah's 90 and I know what you promised, but it doesn't seem like there's any way it can happen now. And God says, you know what? I'm the Almighty God. I can make anything happen. And there's times in our own life that we sense the promises of God and we always want them to happen right now, right? And sometimes it's when we can't make it happen, God says, okay, now that I know that I receive all the glory and the praise, you'll see my power at work. He's the source of our blessings. You know, and in our lives, we're going to have times where we sense God's blessing more than others. There's times where we, you know, it's just a little bit easier to pay the bills and the money's a little bit better in savings. Those times go up and down. But you know what? God's blessing and His resources don't change. He's going to provide through the ups and the downs. And we can trust Him. We can rest in that. And then the last point, he's worthy of our worship. I think especially when we see how God works in our lives and we have that experience to fall back on and we've seen God answer those prayers, we've seen his provisions, then it evokes that attitude of worship to God saying, God, thank you. I've witnessed firsthand who you are and your power and your might. Amen? Um, so as we begin a new year, Nothing's too big for him. Nothing. He'll provide for you and your family. He'll keep his promises to you. He'll protect you in the palm of his hand. If you have a prayer request today, I encourage you just to lift it before God today. Uh, maybe there's something that's especially just weighing heavy on your heart. Lift it up before him. He is the almighty God. Um, we're going to, I encourage you to do that. And then also, just to worship him this morning. We're going to close with this song. That's uh, just a beautiful worship song. The words aren't too complicated. I think you know it. Um, but will you just worship him this morning? Just give him the praise and the glory as we begin this new year. We're still, still early. We're two weeks into it, right? We're still early. Let's give God the praise and the glory this morning. If you have a request, bring it before him. I'll kind of step over to the side here. If you have a prayer request or need, I'll pray with you. So, Amy.
for the Lord God Almighty Scripture, some of the most sacred places were fairly remote places. A wilderness with a, a burning bush where God says, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. I think where Jacob encountered God was a remote place. There was no large choir worship team it was him and God and I enjoy those moments where we're in the presence of God in the corporate body those are valuable times but even more powerful those times where we spend time with God and we sense his power and his presence just fill that place that area where we are at And His presence makes it a sacred place where we encounter God. And in in the case of Abraham and Jacob, both of them had a name change. Jacob would be called Israel. Abram would be called Abraham. 
And sometimes God even changes our name. He changes our heart. He changes who we are as we've been in his presence. Father, this morning, we come before you. And Lord, you are El Shaddai, the God Almighty. And we see it in Scripture, but to me where it really comes home is when we wrestle that out with you in our day-to-day life. Where we see your almighty power at work. When there seems like there is no other answer and we cry out to the living God and he answers as only he can. And when times are difficult or, or tight, we see your blessing and your provision. That is El Shaddai, the God of Almighty. And so, Lord God, I pray that that evokes just that heart of worship before you and that we can live our lives in such a way, our lives in such a way that it brings you glory and honor, that we live as we encounter that living God, El Shaddai. Be with us this day. Be with us as we keep everybody safe, whether they're watching online here or with us here today, Lord God. Uh, be with us this week as we go back to school, work, our daily activities. Allow us to take the presence of God into all those environments, Lord God. That is the powerful thing. When we leave this place, we know that your presence goes with us and that there's sacred places outside these church walls where we can connect and meet with you and see the provision, the power of God. Lord God, we give you the thanks this morning. We worship you. We ask this in the precious and the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. Hey, good to have you here today.